0: We touched on this a little this morning in Sunday school, but we'll go back over, over this and kind of a little more in depth. Ephesians chapter 5. Talk a little bit about redeeming our time. Um not an uncommon concept today but but it is one that sometimes we just forget about when you think about redeeming something you think about i think about a coupon you use a coupon and redeem it to get something at a bargain discount right Or get a quantity of it well if we waste time an offer expires if we don't if we purchase meat or any other perishable goods and we wait an extended amount of time and we don't redeem our time properly or they spoil or they go bad. So this is a concept that the scripture goes over in, in depth here in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15. Let's read that there. Starting in verse 15 of chapter five, it says, "'See then that you walk circumspectly, "'not as fools, but as wise, "'redeeming the time because the days are evil.'" Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand that the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving a thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one another in the fear of the Lord. So... We think about the opportunities that we we have in the Lord. We talked about being, giving of thanks this morning and a little bit of worshiping the Lord. But what does it mean to redeem the time? Brother Willie Spillman, I had the pleasure of getting to hear him a couple of weeks ago in Lamar. And this was part of his message, was redeeming the time, or what time is it? Well, it's time for us to serve the Lord. A lot of times in our service to the Lord, we, I say we, I, um, will sometimes forget to miss, or miss an opportunity to encourage someone, uh, whether it be a neighbor, a brother or sister in Christ, a family in need, those that are in need of kind words or comfort or love or even forgiveness. Whatever the circumstance is, what is it that we do with our time? What does the scripture say about this and what, what examples do we have and how can we make the most of that time is one of the things we're going to look at this morning. So Paul here in this particular passage of scripture was speaking about appropriating or using our time wisely, redeeming our time, being careful how we utilize and how we approach every opportunity that presents itself. Another concept is investing our time. We we know about investment in this world. We talk about retirement, investing in something that provides something back to us, right? But investing of our time is not just, uh, investing of things is not just talking about money, but time and opportunities. We are servants of the Lord and we have opportunities to proclaim the word of God, to love those around us, to promote serving the Lord and its and his goodness Paul mentions here about specifically in verses eighteen um, about drinking not to excess but he was encouraging them there to be sober minded he says but He says, but be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. If you've ever seen someone that's drunk, they typically have no concept of time or surroundings. Or at least that's my experience with seeing people that have been in that kind of a state. Kind of a lackadaisical nature. But the encouragement here is for us to be sober-minded to redeem our time because the days are evil. If we are always on the Lord's clock as his servants, ultimately it is our responsibility to be an example to those around us. In words and in deeds, the scripture tells us that much being thankful to the Lord, encouraging one another, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's an important part of our service to the Lord. But it also has the ability to encourage and uplift one one another when there is difficulty that arises. Let's look at uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And we'll start in verse 1 of chapter 3 there in Ecclesiastes. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the earth. Under the heaven, rather, excuse me. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. What profit uh, hath he that worketh and wherein he labeth? <clears throat> we'll stop there. So everything has its proper time. Are we utilizing our time properly? Solomon here was trying to get at something. Everything has its place in time. But there are times when things are not appropriate. So I think of this in terms of our life and the purpose of this life and the things that we are to accomplish. All of those things are trumped by our service to the Lord after we make such a commitment. A servant of a household in historical times went about doing what their master told them to do rather than imposing their own will. We see different accounts in the scripture uh, regarding parables about servants and masters. Different Bits of text of encouragement regarding the relationship of a servant and master. But they all have their proper time. And we have been given this time to serve the Lord. And how are we redeeming it? Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3. <clears throat> Actually, it's back up in the verse first 1 there. It says, If there be for, therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love and uh, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, But in lowliness of mind, let each one esteem the other as better than themselves. Look not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, the death on the cross. So what was the encouragement here? Was to speak of an attitude of lacking self or being selfish or personal gain or ambition for oneself. That's not a trait that was accepted in in the service to the Lord. So his encouragement here was that we esteem one another more highly than ourselves. That we have the same love and the same mind that Christ had towards others. Even that he gave himself up as a sacrifice so that we might have the opportunity to serve God ourselves. The attitude of using every opportunity we have to redeem salvation for those who have a desire to serve the Lord and be an example to those that are around us. Let's look at Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. We'll start in verse one there as well. If I'll turn over the right spot, <laughs> Colossians chapter four, <clears throat> and we'll start actually. Yeah, we will start in verse two. Continue in prayer and watch, and the same with Thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open up unto us the door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without and redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace to season with salt that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. So, Praying for opportunity was mentioned here. Being careful how we converse with those in the world. That we might have an opportunity to provide an answer. Serving the Lord. That's what he was encouraging here. For wise speech. I know that there's been times where I've had the opportunity to say something and I've said the wrong thing. And I've embarrassed myself or hurt the person's feelings. Why? Because there was a lack of preparation. There was a lack of me thinking about what I was speaking before I said it. Typically, the area that that happens the most is with husband and wife. We open our mouth, we insert our foot. I always pick on Donna, but Donna's the one that I don't, I live with. So, Donna, Donna, I said something the other day, and Donna goes, think before you speak. Think before you speak. And I said, you're right, you're right. I need to think before I speak. And then I won't say something that's going to hurt your feelings or hurt somebody else's feelings. But our spouses help us get better, right? They're supposed to, at least. <laughs> So let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19 says, having therefore brethren bold us to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by the new and living way which is made consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that is promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. For if we sin willingly after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for a judgment and fiery indignation with which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses of how much sorer punishment suppose ye that he be thought worthy of who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith we have sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. For we have known that he has said, Vengeance belongeth to me, and I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. But call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated ye endured a great flight of affliction. Partly whilst ye were made a gazing stock both by reproach and afflictions, and partly whilst ye be a companion of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing that yourself that ye have in heaven is better and an enduring substance." Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which you feel great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that ye have done the will of God, and ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now that the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul hath no pleasure in him. But we are not of them which draw back unto perdition, but of them which believe to the saving of the soul. Paul here, or excuse me, not Paul, the writer in Hebrews here was talking about holding the hold fast mentality, buying up what is needed to overcome a situation. If we do those things that he has promised us, a greater and lasting what do you say? Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Verse 34, he said, For ye have compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing that yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. We often... Or at least I often think about this in some cases of regarding our faith. We purchase with our faith. Are we investing our time in serving the Lord wisely, investing our faith in the Lord? Because there is no greater return of investment than in the Lord. Faith is what we use to purchase. And it is that that provides an outcome of salvation for us, believing in the Lord. Is that not what he was talking about there? I believe so. He says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised." and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We have a window of time in our life. We need to invest that time wisely. We need to redeem the time wisely. Let's look at Genesis chapter 6. We've got a couple places over in Genesis we'll look. Genesis chapter 6. We'll start in verse one of chapter six. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and their daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and they were fair and they took of themselves wives, wives of all that which they had chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and after so, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, that they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and that there was every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continual. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him at heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man from whom I've created the face of the earth, both man, beast, and creeping thing, and fowl of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and there are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms that shalt thou make an ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion with which thou shalt make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, and the breadth of it 50, and the height of it 30 cubits. And the window shalt thou make in the ark, and the cubit shall be at the finish of it. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make. Behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh, and wherein is the breath of life. From under heaven and everything that is under the earth shall die. But with thee I will establish my covenant that thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wives and thy sons' wives with thee. And that every living creature of the flesh, two of the sort, thou shalt bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee, that they shall be male and female, of fowls of the air of their kind and cattle of their kind and creeping things of the earth after their kind. And two of every sort shalt thou come unto them and keep them alive. And take unto thee all the food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it unto thee, and shalt be a food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded, and so he did. <clears throat> in verse one of chapter seven, it says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and thy house into the ark, for thee and I have seen righteous before me in this generation. Verse seven says, And Noah went in and his sons and his wives and his sons' wives into the ark and because of the waters of the floods. So, what's the point, preacher? The point is that Noah listened to what the Lord had him to do. He heeded the time because he knew it was short. The Lord had told him, going to do with way with everything on the earth that's on the face of the earth. If it's not in that ark, it's going to die. So Noah invested his time wisely. He bought it back. He purchased it and used it wisely for the Lord's work. You think everybody thought, man, that guy's crazy. He's building this big wooden boat on land and there's not any water around. You think Noah tried to spend his time telling others about what was going on? I'm sure he probably did. That's that's the important thing is that he and he redeemed his time and he followed the Lord's commands and guess what? He was delivered he and those what eight souls total and all the all of the things of the earth that were loaded onto the boat. Another example that we won't turn over is uh, Boaz and Ruth. Ruth was married to a man. She was a Moabitess. Her husband and her father-in-law and her brother-in-law all died. Mother was going to release them to go back to their kinsmen in their country to where hopefully they would be received back in their house. And what did Ruth tell her mother-in-law? Naomi. She said... I'll go with you. Your God's my God. Your people are my people. And they went back. And Naomi encouraged her to do good things. And through the mercy of the Lord, she met Boaz, who wasn't the nearest of kin, but yet he redeemed her as a kinsman and purchased her honor back to her husband's house. Why? Because she redeemed her time wisely. She prayed to the Lord. She submitted to the Lord and sought his guidance and he showed her what it is that she should do. Of course, ultimately, we look at redeeming. When we think of redeeming time, we think of Christ. Christ the wisest of all who redeemed his time wisely who redeemed us for an opportunity to have salvation. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 6 and we'll close. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter six and verse six. <clears throat> it says, Serv-, uh, excuse me, verse five there. It says, servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with thy service as men pleasers, but as servants of God, doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill doing services to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also in heaven is, is also in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. And finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and put on the whole armor of God, that ye will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in the highest places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with the truth, and having the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. And above all, taking a shield of faith wherein with ye are able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the spirit and washing thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that the utterance may be given unto, unto me, that I may open thy mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds but therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. But that ye may also know my affairs and how I do and type this my beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things of whom I have sent unto you the same purpose that ye might know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. And grace be to all of them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. So the Lord gives us some marvelous opportunities to be used for his good. Paul, despite being in chains, still drew strength from that. And he still encouraged, despite his circumstance, those that were not in bonds and those that were. But he says there in verse six, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill, with doing service as to God and not as to men. We're given what we put into our service to God. If you look at the parable of the workers. The master gave them talent at different times. And at the end of the day, the master that gave them the same amount to the ones that started later and the ones that were, were started earlier, they all sought to please the person who hired them, right? But the other people got upset because the ones that come an hour before shift ended, that they got paid the same. But what did you tell them? What's it the matter that I pay you the same thing? You did what I asked you to do and you agreed to the terms. Redeemed they redeemed their time no matter how long it was, and they received the reward whoop, received the reward of of that service. We ought not to be concerned with what time people serve and what they do, but it's what they do in their heart serving the Lord. What does the Scripture say, not just in words, but in deeds as well redeeming our time that when the time of reckoning comes the Lord will do what for us a good and faithful servant well done so let us remember to redeem our time we see the evil in this world and we see the things that happen even in this nation and abroad we aren't to be surprised about these things but draw strength that the Lord is approaching and that we need to get our shovels and our plows and our pitchforks and everything we need to do to get ready for the coming of the Lord and do those things and use our time wisely because doing the work of the Lord is the most important thing in our lives. Like we talked about earlier in Sunday school is what are we thankful for? I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve the Lord with you all and where we are. What does it say? The, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. There's a few of us here, but don't let that discourage us to continue doing the work of the Lord and redeeming our time wisely. That's all I have for you this morning.